Here at HorrorOasis.com, we are advocates of the horror genre and strive to amplify underrepresented voices in the horror community. This space is for indie artists to promote their work. Please enjoy your stay, and hopefully it's not your last. A father's grief, a child's abandonment, a lover's transformation. Peel back the skin and witness the beating, bloody heart of author Eric LaRocca's debut fiction collection, The Strange Thing We Become and Other Dark Tales. Hot off the release of the best-selling novella, Things Have Gotten Worse Since We Last Spoke, LaRocca's new collection features eight chilling tales of the macabre. Praised by iconic voices in horror such as Daniel Krauss, Tim Wagner, and Chad Lutsky, this collection is sure to be one of the most talked about collections released this year. The Strange Thing We Become and Other Dark Tales releases on September 1st, 2021 from Off Limits Press and is available to order wherever books are sold. Looking for your next horror writing podcast fix? The This Is Horror podcast for readers, writers, and creators is the ultimate show for writing advice, tips, and a personal look into the lives of all your favorite authors. This is Horror Podcast. Listen in to long-form conversations with some of the best writers and creatives on the planet. Over 400 episodes with masters of horror such as Joe R. Lansdale, Chuck Palahniuk, Josh Mallerman, Joe Hill, Charlene Harris, Craig Clevenger, Ellen Datlow, Kathy Koja, and many more. The This Is Horror Podcast. Listen in at www.thisishorror.com. That's the This Is Horror Podcast for readers, writers, and creators. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Before we start the show, I just want to remind you to uh, check out Michael David Wilson, a friend of the show. He has editing and writing consultations. Two of the people he has worked with that are worth noting is Josh Mallerman and David Moody for all things related to, again, editing or writing consultations. He's a great source for that. I would go to Bathroom uh, to check out more information on that. It's Michael David Wilson. Dot co dot uk slash edited and welcome to dead headspace a part of silver shamrock's horrorcast a podcast network that includes killing time with silver shamrock and unbearing the dead where we exhume classic horror paperbacks for the new generation that's with me myself well me <laughs> me brennan lafaro who unfortunately can't be here for this episode will be here next Monday for John Langans and uh, Ken McKinley, and that's with uh, I'm Bearing the Dead. Stay tuned for that, and I'm your host, Patrick R. McDonough, flying solo, as I just said, tonight, and tonight we are talking with 
Keith Lansdale. He is the author and screenwriter of a lot of great books, one being Big Lizard. And I saw this other one that I got to get my hands on this hardback of In Waiters from Mars with you, your <laughs> mom, and your dad. So we'll talk about that later if you'd like. But uh, welcome welcome to the show. Say hi, Keith. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, hello, everybody listening. And uh, let's just jump into it. What got you into horror? So horror is one of those, um, I don't know, it, it's, I don't want to say it's like the easy one because it, it's not. It's It's got its own challenges, but it seems to be the one that is uh, mostly requested. Uh, you know, people people like horror. They like that, uh, uh, the, the, the world that comes with horror, you know, and, and you know, there's there's splinters of course of even horror there's uh, uh the, the more gory side and then there's the more uh, uh yeah you can even go so far as to say there's the the comedy side be the other side you know something's like uh um, Shaun of the dead perhaps or uh Love it. something uh something a little bit more uh, uh, uh just a little bit like a uh, cabin in the woods or something like that you know something that's 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 a tongue-in-cheek meta upon itself um, you know that sort of thing. So um, yeah, it, it's 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 a broad, it's a big hat, but at the same time, it's something that uh, it seems to be requested more than anything else. People people come to me and say, say, hey, I've got this idea, or how about doing something like this? And before I know it, I've got another uh, horror under my belt here. So you you brought up Shaun the Dead in a cabin uh, in the woods. Mm-hmm. I love that. First off, both great movies, in my opinion. But <laughs> Cabin is just—I saw it in theaters. Yeah. I thought because I didn't read the book ahead of time, I didn't know there was a book until recently. Saw yeah. it in theaters when it came out, and uh, I'm just like, oh, okay. So I think I know what's going on. It's kind of like a ripoff of Evil Dead, but I'm liking it. And then right, um, right. <laughs> <laughs> what? What were your thoughts when you saw that, man? Because that's such a—I wish more people talked about it. It's one of those. I mean, I liked it because it was it it knew what it was doing right from the get go, and it's one of the few movies that I've seen that that's that's very very smart. And for anybody that hasn't seen it, so I'm going to be very careful not to give anything spoilery, uh, because I think that that's really the fun of that one is that it is such an unpredictable type movie so you know if i just go and here's the ending i think that anybody that hasn't seen it might not get the same enjoyment i got out of it but it's it's one of those that um there's so many movies that they think they're so smart you know they're like oh you know we 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 kept this and with that movie on the hand it downplays just how brilliant it is the whole time and then when you get to the end you're like oh you you do what you were doing all along and uh, yeah, it's it's one of those movies that I, I like the way it starts, and I don't feel like that's a spoiler, so I don't give it. But even the start of it, which has this kind of weird office space sort of moment, you know, not not the movie <laughs> Office Space, but right. you know, there's, the, there's it's like that, you know, I don't remember if it's kind of like a factory or exactly how it's how it looks, but uh, it's even that specifically was put in there so people would think they were in the wrong movie. Uh, because it doesn't fit and yeah it it keeps that joke pretty much running the whole time and yeah no i I just thought it was brilliant while still being a a legit well-done horror movie 
the ending. Like, I'm not going to ruin it, but when it goes <laughs> to chaos, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it definitely still has its, uh, you know, gore factor. It's got, oh, yeah. it's all the tropes, but it hits them in, in such a, such a well done way. You know, it's, it's such a smart movie. If you haven't seen Cabin in the Woods, it, that's all you really need to know. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely, it definitely hits some creepy moments too. And the dad from Step Brothers is in that, which I love. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, oh, God, I forgot his name and the actor that he is the stepfather, the stepbrother's dad. Um, the other guy's in Billy Madison. It plays a little douche. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I forget his name. Oh, the um, Richard Jenkins. <laughs> it might be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, people should check that out. It's, it's pretty great. Uh, you know what, man? Speaking of movies, let's just jump to the short, the, well, the story by you, Casey, your sister, and uh, Father Joe, the companion. How that got turned into an adaptation for a creep show. Now, I have a feeling that you watched the, the original two um, when you were younger. So what, the Scarecrow movies? Is that what you're talking about? Uh, creep Show 1 and Creep oh, Show Oh, the two. Creep Show, the original Creep Show. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah um, I remember that they existed, but I don't remember them well enough to tell you even what they were. I mean, it was... It's been a bit since they've been on, and uh, yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't remember them well, but I remember it being, you know, something that we watched. Um, yeah, that particular story was one of those. It was kind of one of those weird moments where I really got to first see what Dad did um, because it was, it was the the whole thing was. It, uh, kids writing stories with their with their fathers. So, uh, you know, however we got selected for it, we we all sat down and we were like, well, let's let's come come up with a story. And Dad was very like disciplined in the way that he let me and Casey pretty much come up with everything that we wanted to do. Now he was he was good about making sure that you know the story told itself in a in a way that that paced well. Um, you know, Dad was definitely in charge of the pacing. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was something that Casey and I really came up with a lot of it. Now the original that we wrote and what was actually filmed was a little bit different. Um, the, the kids at the beginning of the film version, uh, that, that there's no other kid. Um, it, it's not like, a, um, it, what happens is the, the first kid gets chased over there by a boar and the, the boar chases them into the, or chases the kid into the field where he finds the scarecrow. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, the, the bully brother, the, the other kid, um, it's, uh, it, it, it's just the mechanism that gets the story started, uh, but it's, it's pretty close otherwise to what we did. Did you do, have you done any other projects with Casey? Cause I actually, uh, until recently, I didn't know that she, she wrote any, uh, prose fiction. I yeah, know she's, she's She's, she's a she's songwriter. New to it, yeah, she's fairly yeah. new to it. Um, it's something that uh, I know she has more interest in in trying to do more of. I, I don't know kind of what her plans are because she's she's kind of all over the place. She's she's always looking for uh, something new to try. So I don't know if she's going to stick with that, do something different. I know that her and I, as far as working together, we have, we actually have worked together since then. Um, she was in my movie Christmas with the dead. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know if you're familiar with that or not. And even if you are, other people may not be. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, dad did a, a short story, 
few years back. I guess it's been decades now. God, how old am I? Um, either way, so he did a he did a story called Christmas with the Dead, and if you if you took it at exactly as he wrote it, it's about fifteen minutes if you filmed it just as is. Uh, problem is, is that one of the big sections in it has a dog, which, uh, you know, whenever you're filming, that's if you don't have the budget for an animal, you just got to cut that out because it's <laughs> animal budgets, animals and kids. You know, you know, you try to avoid working with them. That's the whole thing. So, of course, we still had a kid. But whenever uh, Dad was saying, well, yeah, there's some interest in adapting the story if you if you wanted to do that. And he said, but I tell you, cut the dog and kill the kid as soon as possible. And I said, All right. That's that's my that's my guidance going forward. So that was uh, uh, that was uh, the start. But that took what he wrote, which was, I said, about 15 minutes, probably uh, if, you, if you did it, you know, real slow. Um, it, it, it was something where I was like, well, we need to make a whole hour and a half out of this. So let's start working. So um, the the guy is, uh, you know, I don't mind spoiling this one a little bit because it's a little harder to find. And at the same time, it's a fun ride, even if you do. Um, mm. But Either way, it's a it's a guy who the apocalypse has already happened. He's come to terms with it, um, but the only thing that he can't come to terms with is the fact that he kept telling his wife before she passed that he was going to get the house decorated for Christmas. So every single day he decides that he's going to get the house decorated, but every single day something comes up that kind of keeps him from doing it, and it's <laughs> kind of one of those things where he's he's enjoying the going through the motions more than he's going through getting it done. Um, but then, uh, then it gets weird while the zombies out there that are, uh, um, you know, roaming the lands, they're, they're not, uh, they're not scary. Like, uh, you know, you would think of as a zombie. they're more just, that's just what's happening out there. You know, mm. it's, it's, uh, they've come to terms with it. Uh, but there's some things out there that are a lot stranger than zombies and that's kind of where it rolls into. So I love it. Um, so yeah, but either way, my sister she played the uh, she played the the wife that is mostly in flashbacks um, for it. But uh, and on top of that, there's been a musical version and a play version um, that that's kind of spawned out of it. And my sister has she did some of the, the music for the original. Uh, she has helped set up some of the work for the podcast version that's, that's the musical, and uh, she was a big part of the actual play version. Uh, though, as soon as we started to get that off the off the ground, the world started exploding, and we haven't <laughs> had a chance to to revisit it. But I have to say, I have seen that version. Uh, I'm also uh, set to direct a remake of it because people want to see this thing done for some. It's like it's my own zombie. It won't die. Uh, it just keeps coming back in one form or another. Um, but at the same time, it's uh, the musical version. I have to say is really the best version of it, and it's it's the one I didn't write. But it's the one that it's the one that takes the script that I did, and it has it's such a meta joke upon itself that it really fits the uh, uh, what we're looking for better than anything. So I, I really hope that that picks back up once uh, once it's safe to to go outside again. Man, that, that that is so cool i would love to hear the musical of that that sounds kind of <laughs> funny you know it's really neat uh, on the top of my head there's three major families in like the write-in horror world it's like the lansdales the straubs well actually emma doesn't write Peter straubs daughter doesn't write horror but um and the kings yeah and i mean i'm not in that very few are in that type of uh family 
what do you do you get asked more questions about your family or is it kind of your career your father your mother or is it kind of a hodgepodge of them all well i mean you know coming into this i know right from the get-go that every door that i've had open for me is because of my dad so there's never there's never a moment in my life where I don't realize that now and you know people like you mentioned King and 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 his son Joe Hill whenever he was getting his you know feet underneath him that's the whole reason he went by Joe Hill is because he wanted to and wanted to stand on his own and and I don't blame him for that at all and I I remember having a conversation with somebody and they were like well if you wanna if you wanna get out from under your dad's shadow it's probably a good idea to change your name I was like you know what I like my name and I don't plan <laughs> on changing it and I like my dad and I don't care if I never live up to him. That's fine with me. I, I'm absolutely content with being, uh, you know, maybe almost as good as my dad. Or, you know, I'd like to think one day, uh, I don't think I'm that good yet, but I'd like to think that that can happen. But that's only because my dad is such a high bar. You know, yes. I, I, I don't think... Uh, I don't think it's fair to even uh, pretend like I, I've I've got the decades of experience that he has. Um, but, you know, there is something to be said that uh, I grew up in a house where we talked about film stories and we talked about character development. And we talked about what movies we liked or why we liked them and why we didn't like them. Um, you know, what I didn't realize at the time is that I was getting a master class in writing every single day from the age ooh, I was way too young to watch movies like Evil Dead, which I'm pretty sure I saw when I was like six. Um, you know, at the same time, I grew up on movie sets and things, so special effects were never like, you know, I I have a harder time now thinking that when if I do see something terrible that it's not special effects because I grew up around that so much that it's not a it doesn't quite register in my brain it's just like yep that's a special effect and uh, <laughs> definitely not seeing some horrible car crash here so <laughs> well when you saw Evil Dead uh, I gotta imagine you were on the set of Bubba Hotep which I told you dad is I'm sure I saw him because like you I know you're a big fan of the original Batman anime series I eat that shit up every whatever Saturday, whenever it was airing. Right, right. I'm a '90s kid, so like that was huge for me. Right. Um, so I'm sure that was my first introduction to your dad. But at a later age, uh, it was was the adaptation of Bubba Hotep, and Mm -hmm. I got the DVD, I got the action figure, and I I adore that one. So the whole point of bringing that up is Bruce, um, with him, Bruce Campbell being on. In, in that movie, did you get a chance to meet him? If so, yes. I would lo- I'd love to hear you. anything you have to say about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, to be honest, there, I, I I met him and I was a big fan. But I'll tell you this, and um, my dad will try to t- change this story, so don't uh, don't listen to him. He's wrong. <laughs> but um, whenever whenever they were actually talking seriously about casting, him and uh, him and Don were going back and forth on some names, and they were throwing back and forth. And I remember being somewhere in the vicinity that I knew that's the conversation. And I said, what about Bruce Campbell? And I wasn't, but, you know, teenager, uh, 14, 15, but I was a big fan of Bruce Campbell. I'd, I'd loved all the Evil Dead movies. I liked all the, uh, um, oh, what's that show called? Briscoe County Jr. 
um, you know, that sort of stuff. I, I, I grew up loving uh, Bruce Campbell. So whenever I was like, I bet you, I bet you he could do it. And Dev was like, nah, I don't know. I don't know. If I <laughs> but I, he must have thought about it because the next time I talked to him, he was like, well, we got Bruce Campbell. I was like, yes. So, uh, yeah. And then it turned out that when I was on set, I did get to meet him. There's an absolutely horrible picture of me where, um, you know, this is I, I was a very heavy guy for most of my life. So, you know, I'm like this awkward looking teenager, about 16, 17, sitting about 250 pounds. And I'm getting Bruce is next to me in his Elvis outfit. It's just it's just an awful picture. But it's like it's a picture that it's with Bruce and it's with it's him in, in his old Elvis get up. So it's hard to it's it's hard not to be like, well, you know, I'll I'll, I'll let it go. But <laughs> um but either way, the uh, um, the on the set he he was working. So I mean, we we exchanged a few kind of pleasantries. But um, whenever he came to Nacogdoches, whenever that got uh, filmed, you know, Nacogdoches was nice enough to let us have the theater and have a, a, a whole thing where he came down and did a talk and all sorts of stuff. So we actually got to uh, hang out a little bit then, and I got to, to spend some time with him. I drove him around, and uh, you know, he's a hoot fan. He's uh, He's he's a lot of fun. I've seen him a few times since then. You know, anytime we're in the same vicinity, we always try to try to say hey. Um, but yeah, him and Dad, they they talk all the time. They they just exchange emails like they've been buddies forever. And I guess at this <laughs> point, they have. So that's fantastic. Hey, you know what? I take it for its you know its face value. What a ridiculous story. And the, <clears throat> when I first talked to your dad about it. Uh, I'm paraphrasing. He, he said something to the effect of uh, how it was. It, it it almost seemed like I think no one would buy it because you know yeah. it's it's a living Elvis, a, a yeah. black JFK. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> played by Aussie Davis. <laughs> he, he really believed that that would be the last thing that anybody would ever have any interest in filming, and it turned out to be the first. Um, you know, it's that that story and that movie what you know if you if you look at the effects too hard you can see how cheesy it is if so that's you, what makes it fun it's like it is, it is absolutely i i don't think that's a bad thing i i definitely think that that's okay um yeah. but you know it, it's it's no question there and if you if you think too hard about the plot it's it's so bizarre that it it, it hard it has any sort of trouble holding itself up but if you really look at at the core of what it is, it's that genre that I just absolutely adore. And I, you know, I, I think I like it more every year. And it's the getting older sucks. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, there's some great movies that are in that. Pretty much anything made by Clint Eastwood is, uh, <laughs> you know, in his later years. Or is that the old man. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> Up is, uh, is an animated version <laughs> of getting older sucks, you know. And I love Up. Um, but at the same time, Bubba Hotep is is in that same vein of getting older sucks. And it, there's there's so much like actual like pain when you really look at how the older generation gets treated, because all the stuff that that happens in that movie where the you know, the 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 people in that nursing home are being treated the way they are. None of that's exaggerated. You know, none of that is. And that is like. If you took that at face value and took all the horror out and you just had the people in the nursing home and you saw just them shuffling around every day, taking their medication, the kids not caring about them and be, you know, a lot of them being forgotten and stuff. That's horrible. Yeah, it's it's horrible. And it's scarier than any damn mummy shuffling around either. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, at the same time, at the it, it's a real, it's got a lot of heart because it's it's these two guys doing what they can do for the little bit of land that they've carved out left, which is this old nursing home in East Texas. And that's what every great story is, man. It's yeah. just, yeah. It, it's, it's real people and we get connected with them. And it's a side of Elvis that like, I mean, think if he still survived, if he, if he lived to today, <laughs> like he would, where would he be on the charts musically? Right. I mean, right. bands that I, I adore, I grew up on uh 60s and 70s rock. It's my favorite right. type of music. I love the who saw them do a, I think it was the 40th uh, anniversary tour for Quadrophenia. And, um, I mean, they kicked ass, but they're they gotta be in there. If not, they're eighties close to it. <laughs> but they're not they're not like on the charts. They're not on the radio often. They're on oh, the right. the old guy radio stations, and I love those. But yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they if Elvis was still alive, he'd probably be just an old guy, forgotten about. Yeah, I mean, he'd probably own a chain of restaurants at this point and have hung up the hung up the big sparkly belt. To be honest, I I, I can't imagine that as if he was still taking not taking care of himself as he was. I can't imagine him wanting to get up there and twist the hip because he'd end up just like uh, <laughs> old, uh, old Elvis in, in Bubba Hotep and twist it and fall off the stage. So, <laughs> so let, let's jump to you in movies. What yeah. a year! What are your interests? What 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 can you talk about for near future and bucket list dreams that you want to do? Because you're a director and I know you're a screenwriter. I don't know if you're an actor or any other. Uh, not not to this point. You know, the thing is, is that it, there's one of those things that whenever you, uh, uh, you know, I, I was talking about this here recently. Everybody thinks they can write. Everybody thinks they can act. Everybody thinks they're a photographer. Uh, you know, and, and really, you're a person with a camera. You're a person with a with a with an idea, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's it, it, the actual talent that comes from somebody who, if you see these people that are really actors, these people that just like become these other people, you realize just how like layered that can be. And that doesn't mean that you know nobody can do it. Obviously, people can. They do it every day. Um, but there's there's so much more to being an actor than just standing there and saying some lines. I mean, I, I did a lot of, uh, you know, like theater and stuff growing up. So I, I always thought, oh, this might be something I'd have some interest in. But there's nothing like getting on some of these sets and seeing these people and watching them and going, wow, this this guy is an actor. This woman is an actor. It's not it's not something that I am. And that's not to say that I couldn't get to that point if I, you know, dedicated myself to it, but I haven't. So I'm not going to pretend. So uh, as far as being an actor, no, no. Will I ever be in something? I mean, I think I have a, a huge potential to be an extra in something in the background. Um, but as far <laughs> as uh, uh, directing and uh, uh, writing, yeah, I enjoy the hell out of that. Uh, the only thing I've directed so far is the tr- new trailer for the, the Christmas with the Dead. Of course, for the remake, we're calling it Christmas with the Damned. Um, but it has gotten me enough of uh, behind the camera that I realize I do really like it there. It, it is fun. Uh, so I, I hope that I, I'll get a chance to do that again. Now, as far as what we've got upcoming, uh, I don't know if you've talked to Dad recently or not because he does like to plug this one, and I'm happy he does. Uh, but there's a there's a story. I did a screenplay called The Projectionist. and I haven't heard of that. 
in, in some ways, it's um, there. There's another genre that I, I absolutely adore, and um, you know, because I don't, I don't typically look at genres like horror, comedy. I think those are too all-encompassing. I like genres like Getting Older Sucks, and uh, <laughs> and this other genre, which is lonely and a little bit of mental health. Um, you know, prime examples of that are things like uh, Taxi Driver is a is a great um, being lonely and mental health. You know, um, but this is this is called a projectionist, and it's a guy who um, he's he's kind of disconnected from reality in some ways, but it's also because there's there's some stuff behind the scenes that you kind of see as the as it goes on. Um, but he works as a projectionist in an old theater that still uses a you know old projector type. Uh, uh, camera, you, you know, you're not going to see those anymore. Everybody's everybody's yeah. in the digital age now. Right, right. Um, but uh, either way, it, it's the guy is seems like an, an you know your everyday normal guy just trying to get through. But as time goes on, you see that he's he's got some he's got some loneliness he's dealing with. He's got some he's got some insecurities, and he's got a bit of a a bit of a history he's trying to learn to digest in some sort of a healthy way. But uh, he's he's not always finding the right outlets, but um, either way, Dad is is supposed to direct it if we get this off, which will be Dad's directing debut. Which uh, uh, I'm, I actually beat him to directing something, so um, <laughs> I, I I I like to laugh at that because God knows that man's done everything a thousand times. So <laughs> the fact that I was like, ha ha, um, but uh, you know, it, it's it's all in fun. The uh, uh, the the movie though it's it's something that's been optioned several times um you know every every couple uh, months they say yeah we're gonna do it and then you know there's there's a lot of silence so ooh, dad's getting to a point now where he's like well we're gonna figure we're gonna figure something out we're gonna we're gonna make some changes we're gonna get this done and so now it's it's kind of like uh, I think that originally they were looking at some bigger cast names to try to get this done, but then as soon as you start getting that involved and the, the price tags that comes with that, it's a little tougher. So I think he's wanting to kind of structure it down to where it's it's just more – it makes more sense financially, and more importantly, it makes more sense actually moving forward. So right, right. Um, you know, I, I, I hope that that gets made because that would be the first thing that I've written that's like – got a bit of a budget because Christmas with the dead, as much as I adored it, it was, uh, um, you know, it, we had $10 and everybody's best wishes for a budget. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it turned out fun, you know, it's good, but it's, uh, it definitely needed, needed some more, some more money behind it, but, uh, which is why we may or may not be remaking it. And the pale door that I, I wrote, I co-wrote that. So it's kind of one of those where as fun as that is, and as much as I adored doing that, uh, I'd love to see something that's got my name on the, on the, uh, the written and without, without having to share the credits. So <laughs> I love the uh, poster for that. The, the last film, film that you mentioned, the pale door. Yeah. Yeah, I am a fan. Um, I've, I've, I'm trying to see if there was a way to show the the poster, but it's too far. Uh, oh, I could see it. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it, it's the, the art in that is wonderful. I mean, uh, the the fact from what I understand, I don't know if this was just a marketing ploy or not, but they were saying that that was initially something that they had set up as kind of like potential art for a film festival. And then it got picked up and leaked. And then I was like, I wonder if, I wonder if it got leaked or if it got leaked, but you know, whatever, right. You know, that's, you get a buzz when you get a buzz. So, you know, some of that, some of that has to do with, with 
you know, doing that in a smart way. Uh, but yeah, no, as soon as I saw the cover, I was like, man, I love this. I love this cover. So I'm glad that's the one they stuck with. Uh, I don't know if it was the plan all along or not. They don't, they don't cut me in on, uh, on their marketing, uh, uh plans. So you're not you're not high up in the uh, chain. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the old uh, the writer gets no respect. Uh, uh. Well, I definitely hear you on that. So <laughs> I'd like to jump to uh, a few things, but the first one is something I learned. And again, going back to your dad, is uh, your mom was actually the sole reason and the biggest driving force for the HWA, the Horror Writers Association. Yeah, he said. Said used to be called how. Um, I'd love to hear from the son's point of view what what you can tell us about it because I'm I am a horror nerd. I love learning all this stuff. So anything yeah. you want I to mean, share? I honestly probably couldn't tell you anything new that Dad couldn't tell you because I was young enough that I didn't. You know, none of it none of it happened in a spot where I had the the mental capacity to hang on to it. Uh, but I remember hearing about it several times growing up and. I'll tell you what's really interesting and great about it is that was one of those things that we all knew forever is that mom had a big influence on putting that together, you know, getting doing a lot of the heavy lifting back in the day before things like email and stuff were so easily available, doing all the actual like, uh, you know, making sure that there was, uh, um, uh, you know, people to to write, people to exchange stuff with, you know, everything like that. She she was the one who made sure that everything was getting done. And, uh, you know, then as time went on, she she kind of just didn't have any interest in keeping up the, uh, you know, keeping up the fight. It, it got off its ground and it got to where it needed to be. And, you know, then she had no real interest in continuing. But at the same time, it's kind of one of those where it felt like she kind of got forgotten and all of her hard work got you know, missed. Uh, so it was really nice when she got some real recognition for for her work doing that because she really did deserve it. And, you know, my mom's not somebody that, uh, you know, if my mom gets passed over, she she isn't one to shake a tree. She's just like, eh, you know, this is the way it goes. Um, but the fact that it did kind of circle back and say, hey, you know, we, we do appreciate everything you did to get it to where it is. Um, you know, I believe I believe she got like a plaque, but I know she at least got some rec- recognition. I don't remember if there was if there was a plaque or not. That could be just made up in my brain. Um, but I, I do know that they took the time to to thank her. And uh, I just uh, I'm really happy about that because it 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 was something that we've all known forever. And the fact that now it's more you know, universally known and accepted and appreciated you know, you, you, anytime my mom gets credit for anything is always great. Um, I mean, if you've ever met my mom, that's she. She's not one to uh, she's not one to worry about who, who's getting credit for anything, just as long as it gets done. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's why I brought it up because it's worth repeating. Uh, I never knew that. I just thought it was like guys like Dean Koontz and Clive Barker and mm-hmm. other names that I heard associated with that in the earliest yeah. days. I didn't know it used to be called Howl, and um, I'll probably bring it up a few more times because I got appreciate that. I got a growing audience. I don't know how big it is, but anyone that can hear it that's into this genre, uh, I think should know about it. Yeah, man, appreciate it. 
And you know what? I'll cut this if you want, but I actually talked to your dad. I'm like, what are the chances I can get you, your wife, daughter, and son on a show next year to call <laughs> call it Meet the Lansdales? And he said, basically, we'll see if the schedule could work. Yeah, well, I mean, we're, I'm sure we're. I'm sure we're. If we if you can get us all on the same time, you know, get us all set up. We're. I mean, good lord, you'd never get a word in edgewise, but that's up to you. So. No, that no, no. We like our guests to talk because uh, <laughs> we got Casey on uh, next month in October. Well, actually, it's not September yet. But um, the only one that I haven't talked to is your mom, Karen. And yeah. uh, I was like, I got to meet her. She seems amazing. You know, and what's funny is that if you get mom talking, she she'll talk your ear off, and <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. But. Mom's not uh, mom's not one to really have the spotlight. She's uh, we, we've we've kind of managed to get her to come out a little bit here off and on. Where uh, dad, they just did that uh, um, biopic on my dad. I'll hear the popcorn king. Yeah, I, I, that or not. I haven't seen it yet. I, I know what it's about, but it looks fantastic. Yeah. It's a lot of fun, and you know there were some people that they they wanted to make sure and include. And my mom's such a pivotal part in the story, but at the same time, like I said, she's just not one to get in the spotlight a lot. So, uh, just being able to get her to kind of talk and stuff like that, it's it's kind of you know uh, it's kind of fun because she's she's always pushed all of us in front of the camera, but she's never been been the same. She's always kind of done her own thing. Man, you know, we this is the 113th recorded episode, probably, if not, close to 150 guests so far, from newer writers to uh, Peter Straub to Paul Nick, Chuck Polnick and your dad and so forth. And for at least the guys, I've never actually asked a woman this, and I don't know if I should because I'm probably <laughs> definitely not going to ever ask this. But for guys, um, I've asked Peter if – his, he credits his wife for where he is today, and he she is credited with a lot uh, to do with it, as is, I know, Stephen King's wife, Tabitha. Um, my wife is for getting me back into reading and writing, and your mom clearly is with your dad. And yeah, I just, absolutely. So, and I've seen it with my own parents that my mom's, my dad's very strong and whatnot, is a great dad, but I've... From my sample in this life, I've seen every strong man has a stronger woman to back him up. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it certainly there's something to say about having somebody behind you that not only supports you, but also makes sure that you're you're staying on on track. And more mm. importantly, somebody that's not letting you letting you slack. You know, I mean, they somebody and that this isn't I don't think that this is one of those that's uh, uh, really a behind every uh, every strong man there's a strong woman I think behind every strong person there's a there could be a very strong partner and that's not to say you have to have it but I I definitely think that um, you know even my own fiance she she takes care of me when it comes to if I'm if I'm trying to get through a project or trying to get there she's always making sure that I've got some sort of a you know time are you getting done do you need me to help with this um you know and she listens to me when i say well what about this dumb idea and i've got, <laughs> I've got that and uh, she's she's my first one to read anything i write uh i mean uh, she has absolutely zero interest in some of the things that i write but at the same time she's willing to read them because i wrote them and awesome. uh so you know and she's she's very uh she's very in tune with with 
things that uh, uh, people would find amusing or people that and, and so she she's one of those that if if something doesn't make sense she has absolutely no problem going no nah, this doesn't work and <laughs> and so she's she's actually got the talent uh, too I, I think that at some point I'll probably have to see if I can get her to write something with me um, but yeah no cool. I think that's, uh, I think that there's something to that and it's just that. Um, I think there's a there's a thing that a lot of us do, and it's not to say that this is like oh, this all single people are like this. Um, this is more like when you have somebody that you are trying to you know uh, you, you you get complacent, I guess is the way. If you're if you're if you don't have that person to impress, you you have that fear of getting complacent. And there's some people that they don't need they don't need the push. They get up in the morning, sure. jump out of bed. Uh, both feet hit the ground and they take off running. And so, you know, whatever. But some of us lazier people, we, it's good to have somebody that's that, that <laughs> wakes up and goes, hey, you got stuff to do. And uh, <laughs> yeah. keep, keeps us moving, you know. And uh, so I think my mom's definitely done that for my dad. Uh, I think my fiance's definitely done that for me. Um, and, and yeah, you're right. There's there's plenty of other examples that I think have, have managed to do that for their for significant other as well. Yeah, you definitely made great points. Uh, if it wasn't for my wife, I told her I feel like I'd be uh, some drunken New Englander <laughs> stuck in my hometown. I'd be a townie bum working for my older job, which I love. But yeah, that's another story. But right. yeah, uh, just to make it clear for anyone that might get peeved because you never know who listens is uh, I didn't mean every guy needs a strong woman. You made <laughs> the point. Every, you know, I shouldn't say every. It does help to have a good partner because yeah. it's it's just it's unlike anything else. Um, let's <laughs> go on to one thing that I have to discuss with you. Your dad's coming up a lot. I promise. I can't help it. Actually, I was gonna say I promise it won't happen I, next time. I, I, I love your dad. <laughs> so. I don't mind. I mean, <laughs> I'll I'll talk to you about my dad all day. I, I'm I'm proud as hell. And at the same time, I, like I said, everything that I have, I can definitely put towards looking at my dad has put in the time and the effort to get me to even where I am. Um, you know, all the talent in the world is, is not all it takes sometimes being able to have the right connections and have the right, uh, being in the right time, the right place, at the right time. He's put himself in such a good spot where he can do that. Uh, so, you know, having talent definitely, you know, keeps me there, but, it didn't get me there initially, you know, he, he opened those doors, but luckily I was able to, uh, hold my own enough that, that nobody's kicked me back out yet. So, <laughs> you know what? He's inspired me ever since I've, um, I realized, uh, was it two, three years ago? Uh, my door was open to all these other writers outside of King, which I love King, but outside of King and the other big ones. But, um, yeah, like I said, we talking. I he's read one of my short stories I published, uh, got published this year, and he related it to a Charles Dickens short story. And I gotta say, I was like, okay, first off, <laughs> this incredible writer is relating me my story to another incredible writer. Like your dad's such an inspiring dude. He um, is. He is. So, so I I think that you're definitely lucky in that regard. So let's talk about something you two co-wrote. And I got to know if you're going to have Big Lizard uh, turn into a uh, paperback or any other version. So it's kind of one of those where it had very limited uh, press release. And pretty much everything we did that hadn't been released just got eaten by COVID. Um, you know, oh, no. And I don't, I don't want to talk about this damn 
COVID for the rest of the time. So I'm going to make this very, <laughs> very, very short. Um, but it, it was one of those things where I was set to direct that remake of Christmas with the Damned. And that was eaten by, by COVID. Um, I had the this new issues of Red Range. Um, you know, the the we were doing that through Kickstarter and the money kind of dried up because of, you know, I mean, everybody was fearing for their life and, and everybody's counting every penny they can. Right. Um, you know, so that, and then, like I said, that musical version, same deal. Um, big lizard also a victim of that because even though it got a good release, um, I don't know if it, I don't know if it's going to get another printing because I don't know how well it's doing, but it's just kind of one of those where I don't know if it's even fair to, to judge it because of everything in the world going on, same sort of deal. So, uh, I'd like to think that there'll be another, you know, short story, or it's not short story, uh, a paperback version of it that comes out after the fact. Um, I know that we're still selling them uh, in the hardback. So maybe he's, uh, maybe he's waiting to see for the, uh, um, uh, the storm to pass, we'll just mm-hmm. say, uh, or or maybe it's just selling so well that he hasn't felt he needed to do that, or maybe there's no plans of it. Um, sadly, uh, the publisher side of things, though we talk from time to time, uh, we we haven't really discussed anywhere of where this might go after uh, after the the sales die down, sort of thing. Uh, who I should know this, but I don't. Who published it? Uh, that was uh, let, me, let me see what the name is um, because I, I call him by his actual name so much that I, I forget. <laughs> uh, <laughs> gotcha. Um, let me get that here. Uh, it's SST Publications. Oh, okay. Um, let's see the short scary tales publications. That's what it is. Yeah, um, yeah. It's one of those that I. It, it, it was a it was a weird kind of thing that happened. Was we originally were approached to do something that had um, other superheroes written by other authors and then there was going to be some big collaboration sort of thing. Um, but when we we started the project, we were like, yeah, that sounds great. And then uh, there was a there was an amount of words we were supposed to get to and stop. But the problem is, is that Dad and I still had a lot more story to tell. So we ended up writing it until it, all of a sudden we looked up and we were like, damn, this thing's novel size. And we're like, uh, we may have accidentally overwritten. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to see about getting this published uh, officially. So it, it was one of those things where it, it started as a group project with some other people. But then, yeah, we ended up, uh, I mean, surprise, surprise, me and dad were long winded. And before we knew it, we'd, we'd written the whole damn thing. Um, but we we do still want to circle back and play with the idea of uh, you know m- maybe maybe doing more with the big lizard at some point. Um, but we haven't uh, we haven't nailed down anything yet. Well, I, I hope a uh, paperback comes out because that certainly deserves some attention. It's so neat, like all your covers, man. They just seem like a mix of this, and this is the only way I really know how to word it. A weird contemporary, but retro contemporary i don't even know if that's a thing that's like an oxymoron yeah well you know the uh big lizard and um also uh if you've seen a cover for something that doesn't exist anywhere yet but um it's uh called my My little eye i saw Uh, it on your uh facebook yeah yeah it doesn't doesn't exist yet um it needs to (laughs) range um, they're all by the same artist uh so you're gonna see a lot of similarities there but uh his name is jacques 
Um, that's all he goes by, just Jacques. If you look on that, um, anything he does, Jacques. Um, like Seal? Uh, yeah. yeah. Share. <laughs> but yeah. Hey, man, he's talented. He can do whatever he wants to do. But um, so, yeah, the uh, the My Little Eye one is a prime example. Uh, he came to me and he was like, hey, I might have some interest for a comic, uh, but uh, I need someone to write it for me. And I was like, all right. Um, yeah. I, said, I said, well, you know what? I've got this weird idea that I've been playing around with. It has this other alternate dimensions, a bunch of uh, kind of uh, uh, hidden treasure. Uh, it's, uh, you know, guys going on an adventure type story. And I said, what do you think about that? And he said, yeah, just send me some pages and I'll draw them. So I said, yeah, sure. Uh, so I sent it to him. Um, you know, he, he drew them. And then, like, uh, I, I hate to keep bringing this up, but then COVID. And then it just kind of disappeared with all the interest that we had oh, kind of went awry. So, um, you know, the cover exists because he did draw that. And a lot of the he's got 10 pages that he's just that he's done that he's uh, we have in black and white. But he's saying that he wants to do uh, uh, wants to do some color and we're going to try to get some interest on it again. But so. I just love that cover so much, and I realized, God, this may never go anywhere because it may have just been one of those flash moments, and, and maybe it doesn't exist, or maybe it does, uh, but I absolutely love the story, um, and, and it's something that I've had in the back of my head for a long time, so just to have some visual of it, even if it never gets a, even if it never exists again, um, I've just got this unique cover that nobody else has, and so, I mean, it's a, it's a win. I hope it comes out because if it's as neat as that cover, then I would love <laughs> to see yeah, to read it. Well, yeah, to see it too. I don't know. Does uh, 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 I don't know if there's a way to show you this, but you said you saw it, so uh, and I don't so, know if your listeners can even enjoy it, even if I showed it up to the camera. So we'll, well, well, there's a video version on YouTube, so audio listeners won't be able to see it, but they can go to the YouTube page, which is Dead Headspace. All right. Well, fantastic. So in that case, I don't know if showing this cover is going to make any is going to work or not, but I'm going to do it anyways. Let's see how, how the quality of this camera, this little online camera is. Um, I would take it off my wall, but it took me so long to get hung up there in the first place. that I don't <laughs> dare take it down because I may not be able to get it to hang back up again. It's kind of like right over my bookshelf, so I have to kind of hang precariously over it while I'm like rubbing the wall with the picture, hoping to God that it sticks. Um, okay, so yeah, let me try zooming in. I, I'm, I may have spent too much time doing this now, and now I've gotten sidetracked, but that's okay. We, we've come this far. <laughs> We're doing this. Um, let's see. Oh God, I don't know what the quality's like. I know in my little sample, it's it's, yeah, it's so super fuzzy. Can you see it at all? I know what it looks like, but that's really uh, fuzzy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sorry, guys. Go to my uh, go to my Instagram and uh, or go to my uh, Facebook or my Twitter. And see, there we go. I worked in a way to to work in my socials there. Um, but yeah, you'll you'll see it on there. And if you don't see it, just say, "Hey, where's that? Uh, where's that? My little lie?" And I'll I'll send it to you. I'll, that's I'll such a neat it. title too. Yeah. It's uh, it, it's actually based on a real thing that happened, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. Until <laughs> comes out because i want that i want that like i don't know what this is um but yeah they, it's actually a real event that has fascinated me for years which is kind of like why i've i've wanted to do this um but with, with every oddity uh tacked on to it so let's let's dive into that first book that i mentioned yeah uh, in waiters for mars you your mom karen lansdale and your dad joe lansdale yeah what's it all about Okay, so um, 
even from even as a child, I uh, wouldn't shut up. And uh, apparently, one day I decided to walk up and uh, start telling my dad about these this story about these ducks that were from Mars and they were wearing waders. Um, I, I don't know if I knew what a waiter was, but I knew that I I, I liked in waiters from Mars. Um, and I think that dad may have heard me saying in waiters from Mars. And I think that he was like, like waiter pants. And I was like, yeah, a waiter pants. And I may not have understood what a waiter pants was, but I knew it was <laughs> ducks from Mars. And so uh, I told him this weird, bizarre story about these ducks that came to, uh, came to earth and tried to take over. And then it just goes sideways for him. And dad just thought it was adorable. And, uh, he typed it up and, and mom was like, well, what if, uh, what if we did this? What if we did this? And so she helped me kind of come up with an ending that made sense. And dad typed it all up and, and sent it in. And somebody was like, yeah, this is a fun little kid story. We definitely want to publish this. So, uh, yeah, when I was like, um, I don't know, somewhere, I don't remember how old I was, uh, four, five, six, something like that. I, I wrote my first story uh, with the help of my mother and my father. So, yeah, in Waiters from Mars, Ducks from Mars. It reminds me of Howard the Duck. I don't know what planet oh, yeah. it was on, yeah. but that was... I remember old Howard the Duck. Yeah, Marvel's going to invest in that. Just a, they are. They, they've I, already, I, they've already that, hinted but... at it a couple times. They're they're testing the waters <laughs> uh, for sure. They are, they're most definitely trying to see, will the audience turn on us if we do something this ridiculous? But I think they realize that people find it amusing. So I, I definitely know there will be a Howard the Duck movie coming. I can just feel it in my bones. I haven't seen that for years, but I just remember he was a foul mouth duck with that drink and smoked cigars. <laughs> I mean, that's it. I don't think there was anything. I don't think there was another layer, if that's what you're looking for. I don't think there was the big purpose of Howard the Duck. I think that was pretty much it. Just an offensive duck. I just want to see a romance with him and a uh, human, you know, <laughs> man, woman, whatever. I, I just remember the, the, the condoms in the wallet. You know, <laughs> uh, That's the only thing I can even remember about that movie. I don't think I remember one damn other second from that, but I remember the duck had condoms in his wallet. And of course I was like, I don't know, probably 10 or something when I saw it. So I didn't know exactly what was going on, but I knew something was going on. <laughs> some, kind of, some kind of a thing you can make animal balloons. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I wanted to talk about this earlier, but let's talk about the Batman animated series. Yeah. And <laughs> did you know your dad was writing it while you were? Yeah. No, okay. I, I was I was a big fan. You know, I mean, I was a fan of the Batman anime series, just like every other kid my age. Yeah. I mean, that was that was definitely you. I mean, you know, this was this was you know, I don't want to be like oh, back in my day, but you know, seriously, this was when you got home from school. That was that was what yep. you turned on. You turned on Batman the animated series, and uh, so that was the that was my after school fun for a very long time. And then uh, you know, one day Dad was like, "Hey, they uh, they asked me to write an episode," and I was like. Oh, Oh my God, this is amazing! And uh, so then uh, I can't remember if I can't remember which one was first, but I think that it was it was the uh, uh, Read My Lips, the one with the ventriloquist dummy, and um, you know he also did that Perchance to Dream, which had uh, um, oh my God, it, it had the the Mad Hatter is what it was, um, and, and then here was the. Uh, um, 
I can't remember. Oh, the Jonah Hex episode was definitely third. I remember that. To which I think he cheated. Uh, uh, you know, I think that Dad wrote a Jonah Hex episode and called uh-huh. it Batman. Uh, there's <laughs> Batman in the beginning. There's Batman in the end. But that is a that is a Jonah Hex episode, um, which I just love because uh, what a lot of people don't know is that Dad is the one that really added the sci-fi weirdness to Jonah Hex and the fact that they didn't have dad write the movie and they wrote that horrible thing that actually came out uh it, it hurts my feelings personally uh, because <laughs> yeah because um and dad has said that the way that worked was kind of funny that he uh, he didn't remember when he was writing the Jonah Hex comics that there wasn't a science fiction element to it so it was just kind of like oh yeah I remember Jonah Hex so he went and wrote what he thought Jonah Hex was and the people were look- looking and they were like this is amazing and he was like yeah that's <laughs> what I was going for uh, so it turned out to be uh, uh, you know kind of a, a, a whole rebranding of, of the character and I think it's it's done better for it um, but yeah then they, they did that movie and it just uh, you know it just it, it didn't it didn't know what it was trying to do I think is the big problem it it, it I don't remember if I even got through the whole thing, but um, you know, it, it didn't. It didn't understand what it was trying to accomplish, and that's not to say that you know that there there wasn't a lot of talents involved. I, I, I never want to look at it that way, but I definitely think that they messed up by not having Dad do that because he had really put that new life into it. You know, there's a couple of Batman movies that. I feel like you're describing right now. Didn't know what they were trying to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's and, and you know, I'm guilty of that myself. When I write things and I get to the end, and then I realize I'm like, hmm, I don't know if I know what I'm doing with this here. But I realize that that's when it's time to scrap it and start over. <laughs> um, you know, so it, it happens to us all because you know, the it's obviously just like I was talking about before. You you if it was easy, everybody would do it. You know, there's there's something that's really. Uh, um, uh, it, it really brings you down to earth when you're staring at that little blinking cursor and it's it's a blank page blinking and you're like, oh yeah, I've got to fill this with words that actually are entertaining to to read. So, um, you know, and, and it's, it's something that I luckily get better at every time I do it. Um, but it's not something that I think you anybody anybody is going to do the first time. I mean, Dad'll tell you about all the rejections he had when he got started, and though now he's gone and probably printed every one of those rejections, but <laughs> yeah, right. uh, you know because it's it's it was the it was kind of his unique stuff, and, and you know he's he's written some that he was like this is not good, um, <laughs> but at the same time he, he's he's so damn good now that even his even his failures are are fantastic, so. He writes like it's gotta be like four. It feels like four damn books a year. He does. He writes faster than I read. I, I'm I'm literally never going to catch up until the man dies, and I hope he never does. But by God, that man writes writes. I he, I don't understand. I mean, he he does. And anybody on here that's an aspiring writer, um, I can tell you the secret to it right now, and it's to sit the hell down and write words on a page. And I know that seems incredibly basic, but by God, that is really the the trick that he has done. It's what he's taught me. It's actually going through the time to say, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to put a certain amount of words on this page. And then 
then he's done for the day and he does that and it's not like he puts in eight nine ten hour days like some of these people he puts in you know three three hour days maybe um you know maybe four but then he's done for the rest of the day just kind of hangs out and does what he wants to do um but at the same time he sits down every damn day i mean he was just on vacation and he was writing me and he was like i got my words in got my pages in and i'm like jesus christ man like (laughs) (laughs) you're on vacation put it down for five minutes but he won't he won't and his his honestly the the man would be happy as hell if he died at his computer i mean uh, (laughs) he he would he he can relate to that they're gonna. They're, we're gonna find his his ass with a cold cup of coffee sitting next to his computer with his face on his keyboard hitting the J key for three hundred pages, and uh, you know, and, and he he couldn't be happier if that's that's how he ended up. But you know, obviously, uh, I hope it's no time soon. I'll go on record saying that of all the writers that not only alike but that are alive today, he'd be the one on the very top that I'd say that guy needs a TV show. <laughs> it, it's 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 like he's funny, and I swear I'm not kissing ass. It's just how this is how no, I feel. He is. He's funny as hell. You, you know, I'm pretty sure it was Brian Keene that said like, uh, and if it, it wasn't him, it was someone else. But <laughs> Brian, I know but, Brian Keene. He'll happily take the credit. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Keene that said that uh, for a while he was hesitant about coming off like he's kissing ass and i've been called the ass kisser before but i I just say how i feel and i get people on my show who i want to talk to that want to talk to me so i've had your dad on a lot for a reason i love the guy i think he's amazing and uh for a tv show he'd have super funny things to say he probably would kick a few people's asses (laughs) (laughs) then he'd just eat tacos with gabino glaciers (laughs) yeah he's i mean he's a character there's no question i mean it's it's definitely one of those. I mean, I grew up in that household. I saw that TV show. Uh, you know, some episodes are better than others. I'm sure. Uh, but, but at the same time, yeah, no, it, it's it's one of those things where I, I always I always uh, thought that the universe was doing its own thing. So, um, you know, w- w- with Dad, it, it always felt like we were all marching to our own beat. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it's, it's definitely something that, uh, if, if you get dad going, boy, that man, he, he's a funny guy. He'll, he'll get you laughing. Um, it just, just steer him away from the dick jokes. Cause once he gets started on those, <laughs> there is no end to them. Uh, much, much like the dick jokes. <laughs> I, we have not discussed dick jokes. Oh, well, let me tell you, there's, there's fertile ground there. That's a double entendre. So Richard Chismar actually, uh, we started talking about fart jokes. And, you know, before I started talking to any authors, I used to be nervous as hell when I first started this show. And it's almost two years in. And, um, oh, holy shit. It has almost been two years in. May 27th, uh, 2020. But uh, I was nervous as hell. And I just had all these authors at a pedestal. But you know what? Everyone is just a they're just people. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, and, absolutely. And I mean those guys are idiots that love dick jokes and fart jokes. <laughs> right. I mean, you Whatever. know it's definitely one of those things where it, it, his humility, the the fact that he you know, th- there's some things that uh, are really humbling about my dad and the fact that whenever he meets people, I watch him all the time, whether it's a fan, whether it's no matter who it is, 
he doesn't ever look down on anybody. If it's some writer who's still trying to get published, they've never been published before, and he comes up, that man will pull up a chair next to him and talk to him about everything that he knows. He will say, look, here, you know, here, maybe this is a way to think about it, maybe this. Or he'll just talk to him about, yeah, how's your day? And the thing is, is that there's never a moment where it feels like it's forced. You know, I mean, he's he's always happy to meet just about every damn buddy. I mean, he really is. Sometimes it's hard to get into the car because he won't stop talking to people. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, he's he's very genuine, you know, and and it's really it's really nice to watch that because it shaped, you know, who I am. And I'm sure it shaped my sister. And there's no question that we are better people for it. I've only had email exchanges with Casey, but the talk I'm talking sorry. to her. <laughs> I would probably say about my sister too, but, uh, <laughs> or my brother. But uh, talking to her, she just seems just as friendly as as you and your father. And um, you know, he said something to me a while ago, and it stuck with me that basically he he and again paraphrasing said that um, basically I'm one of his tribe because he sees in me that I'm not someone that says, "Oh, I want to be a writer," but I haven't written like I, I've written for almost ten years. Got probably a million words by now and got only four short stories published yeah, um that's the way that's, that, that's my path you know yeah. everyone's different but to hear him say that i'm like wow you know it changes it gave me more confidence yeah absolutely i mean i i do i am a big strong believer in the amount you have published is not any sort of like validation of who you are as far as talent goes right um there are people that are way more talented than i that will probably never be published there are people that are lesser talented than i who have been published and multiple times um you know there that's not to say that any of these like the people with less talent i don't think that they they mean bad um you know poor dan brown's doing the best he can (laughs) (laughs) no one likes him No, seriously, I, uh, I joke, but um, either way, I mean, it's it's I've got uh, I've got people that, you know, obviously I, I run in a lot of circles of people that write and some of them send me things that they can't get published. And I think, God, why can't this get published? Because it's fantastic. It's wonderful. Um, you know, and then I see some people that I'm like, wow, this is just straight awful. And then a little while later, they're like, hey, I got published. I'm like. I don't know why. So um, anybody out there struggling to get something published, just remember that is not a reflection of talent. That is a reflection of just like I was saying earlier, being in the right place at the right time sometimes. And I know that some of the stuff that I've even done has probably just been in the right place at the right time. And I'm catching up talent wise in the on the back end. You know, I mean, nobody starts out writing. Oh, well, I take it back. Harper Lee did. Uh, nobody starts out writing a, the, the best book ever. But then I realized that that's not true. Harper Lee did that. Uh, but <laughs> otherwise, she's the only otherwise you, you don't get to have that rule. Nobody else does. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know on the top of my head besides her who. <laughs> just writes a classic for the first time. Wasn't she like in her seventies or eighties when she wrote that? You know, I, I don't know. I I'm I, 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 don't, sure I know that there. she there was something else that was published from her like 
I don't remember if it was 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Time has no meaning anymore. Um, what is time? Part of, it's, part of it's that damn thing going on that we said we wouldn't discuss anymore. <laughs> part of it is just I'm getting older and I can't remember what hell what, what the hell's going on anymore. Um, but no, I know she, she released something else and I don't think it lived up to the hype. But, you know, at the same time, the very first thing you ever write is to kill a mockingbird. It's hard to, <laughs> hard to follow that up with uh, maybe to cook a mockingbird to go with it. You just, you you, you can't can't really do anything from there yeah i'm gonna look that up right now actually harper okay. lee let's let's you know, find out let's, let's get find out point. yeah well, what did, yeah when did she write to kill a mockingbird how old was she okay you know what she was a lot younger than i thought she was it says that she was 31 when lee delivered the manuscript for mm. oh go set a watchman to crane so that's not to kill a mockingbird that's not the right answer <laughs> I was about to say that's much younger than I thought. I was like, I, I was like, I wonder if that's right. Oh wait, no, that was that's it. It got retitled to Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, okay. See, Dad thought, would have probably known that trivia. That's that's his that's his wheelhouse right there. I mean, I brought up books, and he just everyone he seems to have read. Um, so yeah, if you're ever playing a trivia literature game, don't play it with him. So. I've talked with, like I said, a lot of writers, and those are basically master classes, mm-hmm. uh, anywhere from four to eight, sometimes nine guests a month. And um, I gotta imagine that you are tenfold uh, more times with getting master classes in the people that you know and the people your dads introduced you to. So, with I've gotten this question, Brennan's got this, gotten this question. I want to ask you it. Sure. Um, with all those master classes, how do you feel like that shaped the writer you've become? I mean, it's it's definitely a, a for sure um, a huge influence. I mean, there's no other way around it. When, when whenever I'm I'm doing anything now, it's it's hard not to watch something and break down the characters and the beats and the story. Um, you know, it, it's, I've turned into, uh, I'm turned into my dad where it's kind of like something comes up trivia wise and I'll be like super excited to tell my fiance. And she's just like, I don't really care. I just want to watch the movie. And so, uh, you know, it's, it, it's one of those things where whenever I am, uh, uh, go to his house to watch something and, and he does that where he starts talking about the trivia. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm absolutely this man's son. There's no question there. That's great. You know what, man? Like, I love watching behind the scenes and all the practical effects and stuff, but <laughs> I can't catch it probably nearly as good as you can. But when you can, I just kind of chuckle to myself. I'll tell my wife because I talk so damn much. I'm I'm sure I could be like in a, you know, a, a adopted son to you guys or whatever. And I fit in as far as talking wise yeah, goes. You just bring the popcorn. We'll do it. I love the Southern accent, but I'll try to fit in. But uh, yeah, that's all right. We'll forgive you. You know what? I need someone else to talk about this stuff that the missus doesn't give a shit about. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Is there anything that you aren't ever asked or rarely asked where you would like to talk about? I don't care what it is. It could be Hmm. unrelated to books. It could be that your favorite color. It's whatever you want. (laughs) (laughs) Well, since we're getting into the hard topics here, like (laughs) color, like dick Uh, jokes. Well, it's blue, by the way, so let's just put that on the record. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, so now that we've got that that bombshell dropped. Your favorite uh, color or my comment? Uh, 
well, my color, so I, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know it was going to be even worth a second line here, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, seriously. Uh, whatever we are, uh, as far as like things I'm not asked. Oh God, I don't know. I've I've been on so many panels and interviews, and uh, you know, there was a a long time ago where I was actually a journalist, so I was on the other side of this, and I was the one asking a lot of questions and things. So uh, I, I'm pretty familiar with this landscape. Um, something I'm not asked. Oh, Oh, man, um, there's nothing that, that springs to mind. I, I've definitely got uh, uh, the the topics of my writing gets talked about a lot. The uh, you know my, my family is always a, a pretty uh, asked about topic. Uh, my my own personal interest on what sort of things I I, I enjoy. Uh, no, nah, I'm, I'm people people hit me up from every angle. I can't imagine there's something that I can think of that hasn't doesn't exist somewhere out there in the media space where I haven't been asked <laughs> whatever it is from whatever angle you come up with. How about this? What what was uh, journalism as far as that goes? Is that yeah. what you went to school for? So sure, we'll we can talk about that. And I think I'm far enough down the road now that I can even talk the talk the bad shit. Uh, so, <laughs> if you want, it's yeah. It's so. <clears throat> Um, no, journalism was a lot of fun. I, I really thought that that was going to be my calling for a long time. I thought that being a journalist, it let me write. It let me, uh, you know, I got to be creative. I got to, 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 you know, talk to new people and do new things. There's, there's a lot of stuff that's being a journalist that, um, you know, just being able to be like, oh wow, this is a, this is an event I'm interested in. Let me cover it for the newspaper, and now all of a sudden I get to get to attend this event. So I got to do all sorts of different things uh, uh, that I would have never, you know, just kind of like a little bit of this, a little bit of that kind of with everything. Uh, but um, there was a, a little newspaper in the town I grew up in um, called the Daily Sentinel. And it was, uh, it was a fantastic place that I was a journalist while I finished going to school. Um, I finally got my degree in journalism while, um, you know, by the time it was over. But um, there was a, somebody... Uh, well, let's see. What was it? There was some other. Oh, you know what it was? It was the 2008 crisis that happened, uh, the financial crisis. Oh, yeah. The real estate and, crisis. Yeah. And everybody yeah. in the universe got real broke real fast. And so one of the people that uh, got real broke real fast was the people that owned that newspaper. So they owned a, a bunch of newspapers. Well, our little newspaper was one of the profitable ones, which is, you know, honestly the only ones you can sell. Um, but we were smaller and they were trying to plug some of the leaks and some of their, their bigger, you know, the real money makers. So it was kind of like sell off some, some of what they had to try to, uh, float the ship until they could get down the road. Well, they sold it to some little smaller company and put this just absolutely horrible lady in charge. And I'm not going to say her name, though I should. Um, but either way, so they put her in charge, and she was like, well, I'm going to make all these changes. And she went in and uh, just did everything awful. And then, um, you know, all of a sudden the paper couldn't make money because everything she changed was like the worst choice ever. And uh, she, she, her and I didn't get along. So finally I was at a point where I was like, you know what, I'm just going to, just going to, go do my own stuff i went and uh, got my degree and that's when i instead said you know what i enjoy writing but i'm gonna i'm gonna take it a different direction so it was kind of one of those where her her making me want to leave journalism is what actually made me write that first version of christmas with the dead so uh, it worked out for me uh, it didn't work out for her i think she eventually got fired because she was using the company credit card to oh pay for a fare um so yeah either way that's the bad stuff you're talking about huh? <laughs> So, like I said, um, she was a horrible person, but, uh, 
from the show. It, it turned out. It turned out well for me. I mean, it was uh, it was a defining moment for me. It, it got me to, um, you know, to consider actually doing writing stuff full time. And then before I knew it, that that had become such a, a big part of who I am that now, um, you know, the I, I graduated in. 2011 and Christmas with the Dead. I think we did our first filming on that in 2010, 2011. So it was all kind of in that same time period where I was finishing up my degree. Uh, so I didn't really want to to start working back full time until I had gotten that done. But I was like, man, I I, I got too much time in my day. So let's let's try this writing thing that Dad's always talking about. <laughs> That, you know what, man? That's awesome, man. I'm sure that journalism, because I've heard from uh, some journalists that I've talked to that write prose now, that that's helped them form the structural oh. side of, of writing fiction. Um, it, it, it helps you. And, um, you know, this is honestly one of those things that dad pointed out to me. So um, I'm not super surprised. He's, he's very astute. Uh, but whenever he was saying, he was like, it, it teaches you to get to the point fast. It teaches you to, you know, cut out the, the, the crap you don't need. You know, you, you, you start going and yammering on in a newspaper article. Well, most people aren't going to get past the headline. Nonetheless, <laughs> yeah. the first paragraph. And if you get them to the fold, well, then you've accomplished something. So, uh, being able to write in such a way that uh, keeps people entertained and keeps them actually still reading, that's the challenge. I, I don't know if anybody ever read the last sentence of any article I ever wrote, except for maybe my mother. Um, but by God, I tried every time I could to make sure and keep it entertaining from start to finish with as, as little, uh, you know, as little detours as possible. Um, so I definitely think it shaped how I write. I can't speak for other writers, but for me, it took a while for me to understand that because I was uh, growing up in the school of Knox. And yeah, yeah. I, uh, you know, man, I, I got back into writing. Like I said, uh, my wife got me back into reading and writing. And I didn't realize until, not to dive too much in this, but you brought up mental health earlier. Um, I was diagnosed with ADD at the time. Now, it's ADHD. Yeah. wasn't on medication for a while as a kid, but I, I recently have uh, about a month ago and mm -hmm. uh, Adderall and, um, you know, it's helped. Yeah. It's helped incredibly uh, a huge amount with my focus. That's good. Not, not being spaced out or whatever and all the things that I didn't like about myself. It, it's yeah. helped tremendously. My parents didn't know a lot about in the 90s and they didn't like the idea of their kid being on it. So I can't blame them. It's not but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stigma behind it, and I think that that's something that I think that's that's changing. I don't think people are are as as concerned now. I mean, I was on a, um, a ADA or ADD medication growing up as well, um, but I didn't like what it did to me. I felt like it stifled my creativity. I felt like it, you know, it, all, all those old uh, um, shows and things where they they take the Ritalin and then all of a sudden they don't have a personality. My God, that's 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 a joke because it's so true. It, it felt like it it turned me into, you know, black and white instead of a, a world of color. And so I, I just told Dad, I was like, I can't do it. Um, so I, I've grown up, and yeah, yeah, you're right. It's ADHD now, and I definitely suffer from ADHD. Being able to focus is something that is not 
been my strong suit. I, I pretty much have to write down everything um, or I, I don't get it done. I don't remember it. Um, but I've learned that sort of thing instead of um, taking the medication for it, because I've always been kind of worried that that would stifle me again. Um, so I, I've, I've, I've kind of avoided the medication route, but I've instead found other tools to kind of keep myself focused. And um, I, I write down every single thing I need to do at whatever time I need to do it. And that way, in case I, I have one of those moments where I'm just like out in the universe, um, I've got my notes that, that kind of, you know, my, 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 my ongoing to-do list. And part of it is, um, you know, people tell me all the time, I don't know how you get so much stuff done. And it's just because I don't remember what I was doing but i know i'm supposed to do this thing on the list so by god we're doing this thing <laughs> on the list and uh yeah that i look up and i'm like oh made it through the day um but it's literally just uh, uh my brain has been uh trying to get through this list that uh it never ends but it keeps me focused and it keep makes sure that i'm always got things to do and i i'm uh, you know, just whatever it is, I, I write, I put on there when I need to write, I put on there when I need to eat, I put on there when I need to sleep, no matter what it is, because if I don't, then I, I, I just wander off into the abyss. Um, so yeah, uh, very familiar with it, but yeah, I, I went the, uh, I went the other way where I just figured out the best way that I could use my own tools to get me through. If I lose my phone and has all my notes, uh, you'll, you'll find me wandering around somewhere <laughs> lost because I don't know what to do with myself. So I, that's why I brought it up too. If, uh, if a guest is comfortable talking about it, I'll talk about it more yeah. because it, I, for the longest time, especially in high school, I thought I was too stupid to. <laughs> to get reading, I, there were two books yeah. that stuck with me: *Great Gatsby* and *Animal mm. Farm*. Everything mm. else, I, Shakespeare, I was like, oh, I guess I'm too dumb for this, or any, anything <laughs> else that was assigned to me. I thought it was me, and I talked to my wife. She's very educated in this field. Uh, she's a social worker, has her master's in it, and um, she said that's that's kind of a side effect of ADHD. And um, paraphrase again. Can't quote her. She's smarter than me, so I don't want to fuck up what her words would be. But, right, right. but uh, I think it's good to talk about because yeah. there's a lot of people that have it. There's, you know, for me, medicine work. Uh, I tried it the That's other good. way. I tried it the other way. It didn't help, and I was super scared that I was going to stifle my creativity. Uh -huh. But ha hasn't slowed down the show. Hasn't slowed down my thoughts. In fact, it's keeping me more focused on my debut novel. Uh, when yeah. it's done, who knows? But I feel good. That's good. That's and, good. I mean, if if you're finding something that works for you, anybody that's got some sort of a, a, a stigma against medication or you think it makes you any any different than whatever, if if you try it and you're not and you don't feel better for it, then I get it. Yeah. But if if it's one of those where it's like you tr you haven't tried it, but you you look if if anybody looks down or anybody who's trying to better themselves man find something better to do with your time you know that's yeah. that's these are we're, we're all trying to get through the day as best we damn can so um yeah if it's something that it's helping you focus man i i sign off as hard as i can sign off yeah you know there's a lot of assholes online and in the world <laughs> yeah. so uh just ignore them keep doing you um you know what man now's the time where we wrap down and uh, just a few more questions right. and i'm gonna go with what are you currently reading um, funny enough, and I've got it right here, and it's, of course, a Lansdale, um, <laughs> Edge of Dark Water, which, yeah. like I said, this man writes faster than I read. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm currently, I'm currently doing that one. Um, 
whether or not it turns into more than just fun reading, I don't know yet, but uh, maybe. Uh, but it's too early to say anything for sure. Um, but I, I, that's that's the one I'm currently reading. I'm about halfway done with it now. Hope to be done soon. So. I just finished uh, about two weeks ago his chat book that came out with Deathset Press on the Reverend. Um, I loved it. It just... God damn! I reread pages after it took a lot longer than it should, but I don't care because I kept rereading pages. I was like, huh? "These simple words that are in this order is just so." <laughs> yeah, no, I know how that goes. I mean, it's it's definitely one of those things where it, it takes a lot to to focus myself to to actually sit down and read. So, um, you know, I I just started by setting myself as like, look, I'm going to read this many pages, however long it takes, and I didn't and I didn't didn't start with a lot, but that way. Um, whenever I got to a point where my brain would learn to focus for that long, then I could keep increasing it, keep increasing it. Uh, now, luckily, I've been doing this for enough time now that I can sit down and read, you know, a, a good uh, probably 50 pages before my brain decides that it's mush and it wants to it wants to get up and do whatever it does. But um, you know, if you sit down and read five pages a day, you'd be surprised if you look up here in a month or two, you've read the whole book. So. Yeah. Um, that's that's the that's the problem. There is it feels like it, it's an impossible task, especially if you are somebody that has trouble sitting down and reading. But you just read five pages a day. I promise, if you keep doing that, you will eventually run out of book. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? Um, now's a good time to talk about this. Is uh, the last month I haven't written very much at all due to medication. Uh, old medication that I should have been on. So I'm waiting out for that new one. Some other personal stuff that mm. no point getting into online uh, on here. But yeah, I, got you. I reached out to your dad because I trust him and he knows what he's talking about. And I just made it short and sweet. I didn't get into the details. And he said that, you know, it's okay. Sometimes this stuff means too much or sometimes it means too little. But he's like, write one sentence. And he's like, yep. seriously, write one sentence. And I bring up all this because it'll happen to all of us, burnout and such. One sentence, write it, you get it out of your system. If you don't write another sentence, too, it's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I never thought of that because I always try to do more. And yeah. I tried the Stephen King thing where it was like 2,000 words a day, and yeah, that, bur that burned me out, man. Yeah, no, that, yeah, I mean – that's that's nice if you can do it but yeah, yeah I, I can't do that either I, I everything i do is all the energy i have comes in short burst um so it's kind of one of those where i can do just about any damn thing for about 20 minutes and then after that i just wander and so that what i do is i set up a lot of different 20 minute tasks so i do a lot of different things um, but yeah, one of the things I do, I, I try to set myself in the morning, every morning is I'm going to write and I'm going to write a page, maybe two pages, um, or until I just kind of stop, you know, uh, kind of run out of my own motivation for the day. Right, but right. as long as I'm sitting down and moving it forward every day, eventually it gets to the end. It eventually you, you <laughs> yeah. do get through with it. So, yep. um, you know, and that's, and that's the trick is, is not trying to write the whole thing. It's trying to write the thing. Um, you know, in, in as much time as you need, but at the same time, you don't want to be like, "Well, I'll write a, I'll write a sentence a day," because if you stay at the sentence a day, it's going to take you damn forever. You're going to die before you get it done. Right. Uh, exactly. But that's a lot of times what what that sentence a day will do is you'll write that sentence and then you'll be like, 
I want to write another sentence. I write another <laughs> sentence. So the days that that motivation might be just hiding behind that that mental block, it, it'll come pouring out. And the days that you write a sentence and you go, "That's all I got in me." That's okay. That's that's yeah. that's that day, and that's the way it works. Yeah, it happens. Uh, you know what? Now my turn. I'm currently reading Richard yeah, Chismar's Chasing the Boogeyman. It's so How good. Is it? I love it. Uh, what, like, what is that? I've, I've not heard of that. So Chasing the Boogeyman is uh, it's. These aren't my words. It's uh, him making up basically a new genre. It's crime. It's parts of, and this will sound like obviously what fictional writers do, fictitious, uh, not fictitious. What we do when we write fiction is we add r- truth and and our fake realities into one thing. But it's more than that. It's the main character is him, and it's when he was a kid in the eighties. In his hometown in in Maryland, and uh, it, it's this crime, this boogeyman that he's fallen that's killing these girls in uh, Ed, Edgewood, Maryland, and um, he's kind of he's a journalist, and he's kind of just asking around all these questions, and eventually he writes a book out of yeah. it. And there's these pictures of I, I gotta ask him at some point, like if he staged a lot of them, are they? real i mean i can't tell what's fake and what's not in this but it's pretty damn cool what he's done i'm about 80 pages in so far um then the other one i'm reading is by i don't have i only got the kindle version it's uh called the last house on needless street it's by this author named catriana ward um it's you know what it's just uh it's another crime I'm trying to think without ruining it. It's another crime story told from points of view that I haven't read in a crime before. It's weird, but it is, it's really interesting. <laughs> I don't know what this is about yet besides the back cover, but the last one that I'm going to be reading soon is by uh, Don Winslow's new book, and it is called City on Fire. comes out April 26, 2022, but um, I'm... I'm looking in, uh, forward to diving in on that. Don is a writer that I enjoy. Very good uh, crime writer. Um, I, I'm reading a lot of crime now. I, I, I love it. But you know what? Um, horror, crime, comedy, it's, it kind of all blends into one thing, as you said. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, genres just don't fit anymore. You know? I mean, they just don't. And, and everything's blended with everything now. I mean, yeah. uh, and, and as it should be, because everybody's tired of watching the same same exact movies over and over so if you don't start mixing it with something else it it starts to look like everything else yeah i agree uh you know what listeners if you are interested in checking out a uh you know our store which has uh, we got some t-shirts and whatnot go to our website we also have reviews we also have articles from um a few <laughs> A few guests, excuse me for that. Uh, just go to deadheadspace.com. If you want to go to the shop, click on the shop tab. Uh, and you can check out the other merch that we got. If not, not a big deal. Just listen to us. And don't forget to leave a rating on uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to. I never mentioned that, so I figured I'd do that now. Um, <laughs> Keith, where can people follow you? I know you said it earlier, but it's good yeah. to reiterate that. I mean, I'm on I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I've got a Facebook page. Um, I'm I'm pretty active on them. I, I you know I don't post every single day, but uh, I, I'm on there. If you if you post, I will most likely uh, see it and respond. So 
you know, ask me something uh, or tell me something, you know, <laughs> whatever. I, I love to hear from everybody. So uh, come on, share with me. Your username is real easy to remember. It's Keith Lansdale. That's right. And the biggest struggle <laughs> you have, might have is just knowing how to spell that. So K-E-I-T-H-L-A-N-S-D-A-L-E. Say out loud right now, there is only one D in my last name. And a lot of people don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> now, I noticed that it's only you and your dad that got social media, or at least publicly. Because um, I tried finding Casey and your mom wasn't on there. I thought that was interesting, but I did see a lot of, she's got a lot of music on there, Casey. Um, yeah. But if you're listening to this, if you know who the Lansdales are, you probably already knew that. Uh, you know what, man? Final thoughts. Let's hear them. Any final comments? Any final noises? Fart noises? <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you, if we'd have had the mic close enough to my dog, you'd have got some of those fart noises. He's just... <laughs> You're gassing me the whole time I've been doing this. Um, but uh, let's see as far as final thoughts. No, I, I think I want to go out on the dog fart comment. That's actually, uh, I think I think that's my, my final thought for sure. That's, you know what, that should be written on some <laughs> grave or... <laughs> <laughs> my final thought is, Keith, thank you for this conversation. I wanted to talk to you for some time and... Uh, I definitely want to get uh, meet the Lansdales up for season three sometime next year. I hope that can work out. Bring your dog too. Let us know. Yeah, he, he's he's all about it. He's <laughs> he, uh, let me see if we can get him. Uh, look at that. Very important work he's doing back here. Hey, hey. What's, what's, your, what's your dog's name? Uh, this is Buster, and he's he's trying to sleep and he's very mad that i'm waking him up here so he's he's going somewhere else he's like he's like ah ruining everything <laughs> that is fantastic i love dogs all right listeners next episode is 113 with john lang and it airs next monday brennan will return then keith thank you again man it's been a real pleasure yeah it's been a lot of fun man thank you so much for having me i really do appreciate it you can Absolutely. Anytime you uh, you need to fill some space, you let me know. I'll be around. I'll be, be talking. I got uh, I got I like plenty of questions. I want to push for that paperback for Big yeah. Lizard. Hey man, I, you just tell me where to sign, and I'll I'll I'll, I'll be on board with that one. <laughs> Listeners, thank you for joining us. You have many podcasts to choose from. Thank you for picking us. Deadhead space.